Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Good afternoon. As we care for things early afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Come on, are we excited? Thank you so much. Welcome to the next chapter. Wow. Wow, okay, some people are still in the old chapter. All right, so for those who are in the new chapter, welcome to the new chapter. Wow. Now, so we have to start 13, yo. Amen. Welcome to the new chapter, um, and welcome to Sunday service. My name is Minister Lolliday. Uh, welcome, welcome. It's an honor and a privilege to be here and bringing the word to us this morning. And shout out to our lead pastor, Pastor DPD. Thank you so much for this privilege. And so this is the gap where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. And last week we turned four, so we're in our, we're in our fifth year, basically. And the Lord opened a new chapter for us as a church. I said this morning, my assignment is simple. I'm here with, with an instruction, a very practical instruction. You know, the Holy Spirit was saying that now that the church is in a new chapter, what is the responsibility of the members? We have pastors now, we have ministers, and I promise you before they were anointed, there was a retreat and there were prayers and there were instructions anyway. So we got our own instructions. So, but what is the instruction for the members? Um, PD said something last week. If you all remember, he said, give us one year. You know, and but the Holy Spirit was telling me something. He was like, you all can do what you all need to do, but if the people don't cooperate, there's not going to be change. And so this morning, my t- the topic of my sermon or my teaching or my charge or my exaltation, whatever we will call it, the topic is my responsibility. My responsibility. What, is, what does responsibility mean? What does responsibility mean? Let's define the word responsibility. Responsibility is the state or fact of being responsible answerable or accountable for something within one's power, control, or management. The state or fact of being responsible, answerable, or accountable for something within one's power, control, or management. I want us to understand something that your spiritual community, and whenever I say spiritual community, I mean the Gap Church where you are a member of, where you serve, where you come to, where you receive from, should be a safe haven for you. It should be a place of covering. It should be a place of rescue. I remember, I think the two last time I ministered, in the morning when I was praying, and I asking the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit started asking me something. He said, what is a church? You know, and I said, well, a church is a place people gather. And I was like, no, no, no. What's, what's a church to people? And then I said, a church is a place where people come and find solace, come and find rescue. And I said, yes. A church should be a place people run to to find help. So that means your spiritual community is a place where you find covering and where you find rescue and where you find help. You know, and one thing that I learned just preparing for this sermon, I think I'd mentioned this to the volunteers before, is that your spiritual siblings are closer to you many times than your actual siblings. Because sometimes, if you think about it, many of us are not friends with our siblings. We love them because we have to love them. They're not, some, let's be honest, I, why are you making me feel like I'm alone in this? Because your sister is beside you, don't worry. 
she did not hear you. But sometimes we have, we didn't choose our siblings. We're born into it. But the person sitting next to you that is not related to you in family name, you chose. You chose the church. You chose this person to be your sister and your brother. I said something in the first service. I said, there's sometimes you will go through things that you know your sibling do not understand. So, and even they, that sibling is also on your prayer list. So you can't take that prayer list back to that sibling and say, let's pray. Because they will see their name on it. But you come to the safe haven and you bring the list and say, please pray with me. Because you are not just connected by choice, you are connected by the blood of Jesus. That's the greatest covenant that you can ever have. Let's go to Mark. Mark 3 from verse 31 to 35. And that's my uncle's scripture basically. And the Bible says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived and they stood outside the house and sent him a message asking for him. A crowd was sitting around Jesus and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside and they want you. And Jesus answered, Who is my brother? Who, are, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he looked at the people sitting around him and said, Look, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does that God wants is my brother, my sister, and my mother. This is Jesus saying that Mary outside. I hear you, but this, I am with my family. I am with my family. The Bible says that the Lord finds solitary in family. Another version says he literally takes the lonely people and what does he do for them? He doesn't just give them the Holy Spirit. He takes them into a family. And he keeps them in a family. And that, I'm not talking of the family that you left this morning. I'm talking of the person sitting next to you. You find solitary in family. You find circle in family. Amen. And so this morning, I'm talking about, I want to talk about what is my responsibility. Now you have a shepherd over your life. Now you have ministers. Now you, you, know, you, you have sisters and brothers in Christ. What is my responsibility in this new chapter? How do I not miss out of what God is doing in this new chapter? And so I'm breaking it down into three different you know, aspects of responsibility. But the first one is, what is my responsibility to my pastor? For many of us, we grew up with, with our parents having pastors. And we saw how our parents related to the pastors. Let's be honest. We come home and we hear the gossip. Let's be honest. We never had, no one ever taught us what it looks like to have a shepherd over your life. We just grew into it. And so when our mothers make those side comments, you're there thinking, ah, he's the same pastor that preached this morning. And that's the understanding that we're growing to. But this morning, the Lord wants to remind us what it looks like to have a shepherd. Revelations 1 verse 20. One thing you should know that every church has a lampstand in heaven. And what happens when a shepherd is commissioned over a church, the light is turned on upon that lampstand. And so every time God is looking for the gap church, he searches for PD. He's not seeing all of you, he sees the shepherd. Even when the devil is searching for the gap church, 
And so the Bible says here, it said, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lamps and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And Jesus was, God was writing a letter through John. God was not writing a letter to angels because angels are spirit beings. He was saying here, he's writing a letter to the messenger of the churches. So when he was talking to the compromised church, he wasn't writing a letter and someone is reading, so this is, he sent the letter straight to the angel of that church. Your shepherd is an angel over this church. He's the voice of God for your life. For four years before Sunday, we had leaders who were doing amazing job. But when God wants to gift a church, he gifts them a shepherd. Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. You don't get a pastor. You are given a pastor. A shepherd is a voice and a covering over your life. Bible says in Psalm 133, it talked about the oil upon the heads of Aaron. And he says that as the oil was, it went down from his beard. It was talking about unity. By the time it got to the down part, it would go all the way to verse 3. He started to talk about how from there comes rich fulfillment because there is a connection. So the oil upon the pastor is not for the pastor, it's for the sheep. That's what it looks like to have a shepherd. Second Chronicles 20, 20 started to talk. And he was, Jehoshaphat was saying some things. And he said, yes, he said, believe the Lord your God. He knew what? Can I have it here? He said, uh, he said, believe in the Lord your God, you'll be able to stand firm. But he said, believe in this prophet. So that means that you're telling me that my success lies in the belief of the shepherd over my life. It's different when there's a shepherd. It's different. I know we have a different understanding. We've seen it done in different ways, but our generation is going to do things a little different. Am I right? Because it's an honor. The Bible says the Israelites were crying to God, we need a shepherd. And the Lord sent Saul. (laughs) Amen. You know how that went, but the shepherd is an answer to somebody's cry. So he, the, the, the anointing did not come, like I said, for the person. So don't think about the person. Oh, I'm older than this person. Oh, I knew this person. One, I was saying this in the first service. There was this, um, there's this man that I know, and I'm just going to spare his name because I know a lot of people know him. But before he was ordained, the position that he's in right now, it was popular, it was chilled, it was normal. But the moment there was an anointing upon his head and he became the lead pastor of that church, a couple of days ago, I said, let me go watch his service. And oh my God. God, I was flawed. And the Holy Spirit said, there's a special grace in the office that whoever steps into that office, the grace enables. So it's not even about the person. It's about the office. And that office already supplies grace. I was flawed. This guy was doing miracles. I'm telling you, this was an ordinary guy three months ago. But he stepped into an ordination that was given to him by God. Pastor said something last week. He said, if I call him, I will have to sponsor him. But I didn't call him. So the person that calls him would what? Sponsor him. So what is my responsibility now that I have a shepherd? Let's get into it. I needed to bring that home because I wanted us to have an understanding of what it looks like to have a shepherd. What is my responsibility to my pastor? The first thing is 
honor. We've had a, an entire series on honor. If, you've, if you don't know about it, please check, find it. It's in somewhere in the gap. YouTube. We always, all of us, we say, I honor you. But Jesus said there were some people that with their mouth they said one thing, but their heart was what? Far from me. It's not about just saying it with your mouth, I honor you. What is your heart? Is your heart actually honoring the grace upon this house? Because if you don't honor, you can't receive. I, I call honor, honor is respect on steroids. Let's go to 1 Timothy 15, 5 verse 17. 5 verse 17. The Bible says, 1 Timothy, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of what? Double honor. Especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. Double honor. For those who what? Labor in what? In the word and in doctrine. Please, I plead with us. Avoid sowing seeds of discord. Avoid talking negatively about your pastor. If anybody around you can talk negatively about the shepherd over your life, you allowed it. You cannot receive. Don't bother coming. Even your heart of heart, you can open your mouth to say something negative about the shepherd over your life. Don't attend this church. Because there is no point. You are wasting time. And time is money. Time is life. Even when you feel like they've done something that's offended you, try to have a conversation. Do not let the devil snatch your destiny from you. Avoid conversations. Avoid um, offenses. Ah, I beg you. Because I tell you, a pastor, your shepherd... The, I, the, God bless you from your shepherd because the moment a shepherd is, an, it, is, is, is appointed or ordained in the spirit, every time the Lord is looking for you, he looks for the shepherd. So the moment there's a disconnect between the shepherd and the sheep, sheep the wolves are coming. So if you are, you're, not, you're with them, but you're not really with them, I honor you, sir. Amen. But in your heart of heart, you know that you are not honoring the person. You cannot receive from that person. Let's keep going. Second point, submission. Submission. 1 Peter 5 verse 5. 1 Peter 5 verse 5. I love this scripture. I'm going to use everything. It says, likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guide of the church. Giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Submission is no agreement. Submission is obedience. Even when you don't agree. He said, why? He said, giving them the due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe upon yourselves, all of you, with humility as the guard of a servant so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you with freedom from pride and arrogance. There's a covering that can be stripped from you when you don't submit. When an instruction comes and then you go back and you analyze, well, they say we should fast 21 days. My problem is not as bad as that neighbor. So I'm just going to do 12. Because I have my own personal relationship with God. And then 21 days after, people are here, thank God for the life of the ministers, for PD. And they're like, God, where's my testimony? God is like, have you obeyed the last instruction? Yeah. 
Submission. Submission. Hebrews, I think Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your leaders and, your, and follow their orders. They watch over your soul without resting. Since they must give to God an account of their service. If you obey them, they will do their work, what? Gladly. If not, they will do it with sadness. And that will be of no help to you. Every soul in this place, the minister, the pastors have to give account for. So I tell you, we fear God. Do you fear God? The next one. Pray for your pastors and your minister. Pray for your pastor and your ministers. You know, the funny thing about this scripture, um, this um, point, Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 41. Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 41. This was a story of Jesus. The Bible said Jesus came, to, came with them to a place um, and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he says, as he took with him Peter and two sons, and the Bible says, Jesus began to be sorrowful and deeply dis- distressed. It says, then he said to me, my soul is exceedingly sad. And Jesus prayed, keep going, keep going, 39, 14. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, what could you not, what could you not watch with me for one hour? 41, it says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. When I read that, the Holy Spirit said, Jesus was talking about himself. When we read this, we think it's about us. But Jesus was telling them that I was just about to tell God I'm not doing again. I was just about, the reason I came to die for you that is sleeping. I was just about to say, I'm done. Take this cup. And all I asked you to do was to pray for me. That I might be able to carry your cup. That I might be able to die for you. Just pray an hour. And you are sleeping. He said, my spirit wants to do it, but my flesh is weak. And the Bible says, and the, the Lord Jesus went again. I said, okay, pray this time. Because if I go again, I might just change my mind. The reason you pray for your pastor is not because of your pastor. It's because of yourself. You are saying that, oh, every time I come to church, I don't get a word from myself. When last did you pray? That the utterance that comes out of your pastor is for your life. Bible says, Paul, Paul with all of his wisdom will still say, pray for me. That I might have utterance. Pray for me. That I don't give up. Pray for me. Because when the devil comes for the, the sheep on the church, he comes straight for the pastor. You see a lot of ministers going through different things. and it's like, God knows to answer their prayer. When last did you pray for them? Because they spend all their time praying for you. Pray for your ministers. Bible says Aaron and all would hold on. Oh, they held up the hand of Moses. They, if Moses decided to bring his hand down and they don't carry it, they will be defeated and Moses will still make heaven. So the, them holding the hand is not for Moses. It was so that they don't die. So when we ask you to hold up the hands of the pastors, is that the devil don't come to find you? Because when he looks for the sheep pepper and he don't even see the shepherd, the Bible talks about the thieves that go through other doors and find their way into the, the folk and come and take the sheep one after the other. The last point on here, because of time. Minister to your pastors. Minister to your pastor and ministers. Minister to them. And I will explain what that means, because it's in twofold. Ask your pastor, how can I help you? Be useful. My mentor... 
And she mentioned it for a very fake, like maybe three or five months. One day she just texted me out of the blue and she said, thank you for coming to my life. You are a reliable resource. Can your pastor say you are a reliable resource? We only reach out to them when we need something prayed about. We've never reached out to them. How can I help you today? What do you need help with? Minister to your ministers. Check on them. Say hi. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm just checking on you. And then give to your pastor. Yes. Give to your pastor. There's a scripture I want to read for on this part. First Thessalonians 4 from verse 15 to 18. First Thessalonians 4 from verse 15 to 19, actually NLT. Bible says, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns and will not meet him, I don't. Keep going. Keep going. Hold on. First, okay, I'll just read what I have here. I think maybe something's wrong. Anyways, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news. This was Paul. And he said that, and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I didn't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all the need and more. They are not begging. I am generously supplied with the gift you sent me. Sent me. They are sweet-smelling. They are acceptable. And, he said, and it's the same God who takes care of me, who supply all your needs according to his glorious, I think that's Philippians, according to his glorious riches. Paul was telling them something. He said, he's gone to minister in so many places, but it was only the Thessalonians that thought to themselves to give him something. And he said, I don't need the money because the God that supplies all my needs according to his riches. He said, but so that you might be able to receive reward in kindness. So you give in to your pastor and to your minister. It's not because they need your money. It's because you need reward in kindness. You need reward in kindness. Paul was even talking about another church. I can't remember the name of the church now. But they were one of the poorest churches. But every time he would go there, the tiny thing they had, they would say, sir, just take it. I know it's nothing to you. And Paul was like, you know if you should be ashamed. Because a church who had nothing thought to themselves to give. It is impossible for them not to be blessed. So it's not like, oh, these people are begging for your money. It's not for them. I promise you, it is for you. Let's keep going because of time. The next part, my responsibility to my spiritual community. And I'm just going to take like three of that. My responsibility to my spiritual community. The first point, please. I'm begging, see, I've been begging us a lot today. I am begging you, avoid gossip and division. Avoid gossip and division. With everything inside of you, don't be found amongst the gathering of people that talk negatively about the church. Bible says, things, things, God hates a person that sows the seed of discord. The Gap Church is not a place for gossip. Because the Bible tells me in Hebrews and Romans 16 from verse 17 to 18, the last part, it says you keep away from them. So if anybody we find doing gossip, we will have to ask you to go. And I'm being honest. Because have you ever seen when a groom fights for his bride before? 
when you do something to your wife and the husband comes charging at you, you've forgotten that the church is the bride of Christ. Do not let God come charging at you. Like I said in the first service, if you offend man, you can go and meet God. But if God is fighting you, who will you go and meet? So please do not find yourself in places that speak negatively about the church. Don't start rumors. All this, stop it. We watched our parents do it, but we are not going to do it. Because we need God to move unhindered. Unity lets the anointing flow unhindered. But the moment there's a break, I've ever been in the shower before, if the water touches your head, if you disconnect this leg and put it here, the water is not going to touch the leg. But if you stand straight, everything connected from the top to the bottom, everybody gets a, their own share. But if you decide to be the disconnected limb, you ain't going to get the oil. Avoid it. The next point. Followership. Followership. A lot of us, we just, we are so excited to follow different churches online. Watch. You follow them so actively. They don't know you. <laughs> Amen. They don't know who you are. But you are following their sermons. They will tell us, let's do three days fast, you will do it. 16 days fast, you will do it. Roll from year to year, you will do it. But your own church, instruction comes, you don't do it. You are following people that don't know you by name. Your pastor knows you by name. Let me tell you something. The way the Holy Spirit ministers people to us is that they drop names in our heart. So, am I just, Lord, I just drop a name in my spirit and I pray about it. But then you don't follow actively. Your pastor does not know your name. How does he pray for you? But you're following all these apostles and bishops in other countries that are praying for the people they know their names. But your own access, you don't use it. You don't follow you just repost so that it don't look like you did not repost. But we have podcasts, you don't listen. We got deeper now, you don't come. We have Bible study, you don't come. And then you say you are not growing. How? You have to follow actively, not passively. You, you cannot flourish if you're not planted. Don't be doing, I like to be by myself. I like to be alone. The Bible says the Lord finds solitary in families. He was intentional about that. Even if the pastor does not come to say hi to you, even if the minister does not come to say, go and say hi, my name is this, this is my first time. You've said your name. Leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. Don't be doing, I like to be quiet. I'm not, I don't do talk to people. Okay. <laughs> no problem. But this is what you have access to. We're not saying you should not listen to whatever you listen to. But this is where you have access to. Your ministers and your pastors are templates that the Lord has put right in front of you. You have access. Use it. Follow. Repost. Re-listen to the sermons over and over again. That is how you grow. There's no, with, if you think, if you, if you had actively followed the entire series this year, you should be levitating in the spirit. When you pray, if you follow the gift of the Spirit alone and you were very active and you followed it like you should follow it, you should be moving in some dimensions of the gift like never before. But we are going over the same thing. Next week we'll talk on prayer again. Then we'll talk on the word. And the next week we'll talk on prayer again. How long do you want to do that for? Just for 30 minutes? 
be an advent follower of the call. Let people say you carry the gap church on your head. Tell them thank you. God bless you. My destiny is important. And I don't get me wrong. I know church hurt exists. I know it's bad. I know that it happened. But let me tell you something. The devil will not convince you not to get a new job when the job, last job hurt you. But he will convince you not to get a new church where your destiny is at stake. I'm in between churches. The Lord will help us. The last part in this place, prayer. Prayer, Act 2. Act 12, sorry, from verse 1 to 3. This is what you owe your spiritual community, your, your sister and your brother, your responsibility. And I love this scripture because the Bible was so specific. He said, now about the time Aaron the king stretched out his hands to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And he says, and because he saw that it pleased the church, he proceeded to kill Peter. Let me tell you what the devil does. He comes into the sheep and he looks for the weakest one. And he takes them and he plays with their life. And he realized that the church is not doing anything about it. So it goes for the second person. If we call today, there's somebody now miss here that we need prayer for. Can we all be here Friday at 2 p.m.? You're not going to show up. But the Bible said, the church said, this is not going to happen the second time. And they said they raised prayer for Peter. I tell you, not everybody in that gathering knew who Peter was. But they knew they were raising prayer for the brethren in Christ. And they did not stop until Peter came to the door. Your responsibility to your sister and your brother in this spiritual community is to pray for them. Pray for them. If you think because the devil is touching them, he's coming for you. Pray for them. Somebody beside you, you, you don't have to wait for the ministers to pray for them. Pray for them. Bible says where two shall agree on a thing. He said when two ministers. He didn't say when one pastor and one minister and one member. He said where two shall agree on a thing. So you are the one that needs to find your sister in Christ and agree. So that the devil does not look like it pleased the church that he can play around. And the last part, my responsibility to myself. We've talked about your responsibility to your pastor. We've talked about your responsibility to the spiritual community. Now, what is my responsibility to myself? Number one, stay connected and be accountable. Stay connected and be accountable. I've said this before. Show up. Get yourself out of the bed and show up. If we wanted to do events for ourselves, we would not post the flyer. We'll just text our group chat. Hey, guys, let's show up. But we are doing it for you. Show up. That's the least you can do. Be accountable. When people, when, when your minister, your pastor come and say, oh, hi, how are you doing? So what are you doing now? Don't be saying, oh, they are trying to know what is happening in my life. Your life is not that interesting. They're not trying to put, make a lie, movie out of your life story. They're asking so they know what to pray about. And you don't have to download your entire life story, but tell them what is important. I beg you. Be accountable. Be connected. Speak up. Speak up. Your, this community is your rescue, is your safe haven, is your is where you find support. Speak up, be accountable, show up, show up, show up. Gap members, enough of us being only 15. We are like over a hundred people in this church. Show up. 
So that you can also share a testimony. The prayers ain't going to work if you're not showing up. If you're not planted. The next thing. Prayer. And I'm not going to stay too long on this. Because we've talked about prayer back and forth. Upside down, under, or in fact. Pray. Amen. Number three. Obedience. Obedience. And this I'm going to close out today. First Timothy 4 verse 15. Bible says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. He said, and your progress may be evident to all. Give yourself what? Entirely. Until your obedience is complete. Obey, obey, obey. That is your responsibility to yourself. Just try and see. If it does not work, you won't say you didn't try. But just obey. So that your progress might be evident, not only to yourself, but that people will come and say, what church are you going to? You look different. Some people don't know we go to church. Not even that. They don't even know. Not even about God. They don't even know you're a Christian. Obey. 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 It might sound stupid. We said it two weeks ago. In the foolishness of obedience. It might sound weird. Obey. Obey. Acts um, 2 verse 44. Acts 2 verse 44. Even the Acts 2 from verse, I think from verse 43 to 47. It started talking about literally what a community looks like in the church. You know, and one of the things I didn't mention earlier about your role to your, your, you know, to your church is that you give to your church. You give to your church. But Acts 2, 44 started talking about it. It said, and all who believed, who adhered to and trusted and relied on Jesus Christ were united. There is a requirement. There is a, what's the word? There's a requirement to be a part of this community. The Bible started talking about from verse um, 40, how they gathered together, how they would give each other, they would sell their belongings and share it amongst each other. They would go to each other's house, they would feed each other. But verse 44 was specific. It was not talking about any random people. He said, for all those who believed. So for you to belong, in, be, belong to this community, you have to be a believer. Amen. And so in summary of everything I've been talking about this morning, you have a role to play in this new chapter. We didn't just get a pastor. We didn't just get ministers. We've got even new members. Because all of us, this is a whole new chapter for everybody. So we are all stepping into it together. When we play our role, all we just ask is that you play your own role. You show up, you serve, you celebrate your ministers, you celebrate your pastor, you thank them intentionally, you don't just thank them with lip service, you give to them, you pray for them, you minister to them, you minister even to your brothers and your sisters, if you are praying for them, you are reducing the load on our own neck. All of this, if we all do this, see that one year that PD said, I'm even giving it six months. If everybody can align, God just needs people who can align. If everyone plays their role perfectly, six months from now, even you, the Bible says, the evidence will be what? Seen by all. 
Let's bow down our heads. I want us to pray the prayer we prayed earlier for a submissive heart. Because a lot of us, we, we know some of these ministers and the pastor. We've seen them. For some of us, we even think that we should be the ones. But this, today, I want us to step out of ourselves. And that bias or whatever it is. And just say, Lord, give me a submissive heart. A heart that would honor. A heart that would respect. A heart that would, you know, that would submit. Lord, I step out of my fleshy bias. I step out of my fleshy bias. Believe in this prophet and you would succeed. Give me a heart that submits. I'm not going to be found amongst those who speak ill of my shepherd. I'm not going to be found amongst those who speak ill of my church. I'm not going to be found amongst those who is countering, who is speaking negative things. No, I'm not going to be one of them. Lord, give me a heart that loves. Give me a heart that is that knows to honor. Give me a heart that knows to give to what they deserve. Give me a heart that even gives. A heart that ministers. A heart that obeys. A heart that prays. And even as our heads are bowed, I'm going to give a few people the opportunity to belong to this community. The only prerequisite, the only requirement is that you are a believer. He said, for those who were in this community, they believed and adhered to the instructions. And so I'm going to give opportunity to all those who is saying that in this new chapter, I want to belong to this community again. I want to find my way back. Or I've not even been a part. I've just been filling up the seat and showing up, but there is no true connection. So I'm going to be giving people that opportunity to, to sign up to this family of faith. And so I want everyone, even with the same, these people, we're all going to pray this prayer together to encourage them. But those who really want, you know, this new connection to say with all of their heart. But I want us to say it with them, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name. And if you said that prayer and you meant it and you want to be connected to those family again, I want you to raise your hands wherever you are. All it's down, all eyes closed. This, we're going to give you a, a few seconds just to reconnect and find your way back to this family. This family of God. This family where there's covering. This family where there's support. This family where there's you know, direction. This family where blessings come from. This family where rich fulfillment, as the scripture says, come from. And if you are also online and you are making this decision, you can, or you will make it later, you can text SAVED to 817-381-5353. Give us a few more seconds and then we'll pray out. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all of us in the family of faith. We thank you for what we have learned from your feet this morning. Lord, we are so excited because you are teaching us and we are growing as believers. 
Father, we thank you for this honor of having a shepherd over our life. We don't take it for granted. It's a gift and we cherish it, God. Lord, we thank you because we would honor this, your son, that we, oh God, would submit to his instruction, that we would pray for him, we would give to him, God. Lord, even to our brothers and our sisters, we would pray for them, we would honor each other. Lord, that we would stand with each other. And Lord, the church will become like you intended the church to be. We will be that example. We will be what people will come and say, look at the gap church. That is the definition of a church. They are a community, they are a family. That is, oh God, what we desire in this church, even in this new chapter that we are binded together in love, we are binded together in unity, we love our neighbors, we love our sisters, we love our brothers and together we would share the testimony of your wonderful things that you will be doing. Lord, we are excited for this new chapter God and we, are, we know and we are ready to do better. Take all the glory and all the honor for in Jesus mighty name we prayed. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning into the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.